Welcome to All In. I'm Rick Jordan. Today I'm the CEO of a large technology company, but in 2007, I lost it all. And now I'm here to share the lessons I've learned and the strategies my guests have used to build success from the bottom up. And in every episode, you'll get something to reach for and something to grab onto, whether it's personal development, business, technology, or giving back. You'll be able to ignite the spark in your life to make that change and transformation so 10 years down the road from now, You'll be able to look back and say, I don't even know that person that I was. I'm so glad I decided to rise. I'm so glad I decided to stand up and actually begin to start to ignite the spark, to go all in. Welcome to All In with Rick Jordan. I've got an amazing episode here today. I've got John Troutman in the studio, who is a business expert. Today, we're going to talk from God, I from all the way from commercial real estate over to smoothies. I'm pretty excited on this, John. Welcome, my man. Thank you. Yeah, those uh, commercial real estate and smoothies do go hand in hand. So uh, you know, obviously, it's <laughs> that cracks the me correlation up. Correlation there is yeah, pretty, pretty clear. Just prior to this, I was ordering lunch for today, and you know there was a smoothie there, but it was the weirdest thing. You know how the whole McDonald's thing? Do you want fries with that? I, I click on the smoothie, and it was asking me, "Do you want a panini with that?" Nice. It was sort of reverse. <laughs> so what did we end up with? I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah, mine was a detox. Yeah, it was like ginger, cucumber, or something like that, then a turkey panini to go with it. Nice. I know, but if it's going to go with the smoothie or whatever, the juice, are they going to blend it in with it? You know, uh, that was a... I think that's a Saturday Night Live skit from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great, my man. <laughs> so I, uh, I have several businesses right now. I know you have several businesses, and... Uh, I had I did another episode prior that was talking about balance versus integration, you know, because guys like us are just all over the place with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So we go after pretty much anything that we see, and there's a lot of squirrels that, right. that cross our path too. But you, you pick something that you end up being good at, and you just run with it. That's kind of the thing. So before all of this, what did you do before you were in commercial real estate and smoothies and everything else? Oh, good question. So before this, I uh, I got a more of a crash course, uh, into life. I was, um, you know, school was hard for me. I, I think I barely passed high school, which is, uh, if my kids are listening, it's okay. Cause they're all past high school, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got held back. I was severely dyslexic, bad ADD. Um, and I went to move to San Diego. I'll, I'll give my quick story if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, do it. Okay. So, um, lived in San Diego. Um, Ended up buying this Jeep. I have a photo that I just saw the other day. I've, I haven't seen it in 20 years or whatever it's been. But um, I didn't expect to talk about this, but I'm just going to talk about it. So anyways. This um, is how this show goes, man. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're all in, so whatever comes up, we're just going to run with it. Okay, perfect. So anyways, uh, ended up um, getting into network marketing is really what I ended up doing. And I, I kind of fell in love with it and thought, oh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to become you know, a zillionaire doing whatever, selling vitamins or supplements or whatever it was at the like time. Like everybody thinks when they look at network marketing. Uh, of course. But so what happened was I was down there on my own uh, family. I'm from Seattle. So moved to San Diego, went down there, um, thought I would go to school, do that. Uh, you know, at that point, school was out of my system. I just couldn't do it. I'm not a, I'm not a student that could sit in a room. Now I'm a student of yeah. life and let me fall on my face and I'll figure that out. But uh so I decided I was going to give this thing my all. And what happened was uh didn't make my rent payment. So I ended up uh, getting evicted and <clears throat> I left 
the day before. But anyways, um, we could talk about evictions and karma <laughs> on the real estate part later because I, I got to learn. I got a life lesson there. But anyway, so lived out of my car uh, until that was repoed and then uh, lived in a vacant building. Figured the stuff out. Ended up maybe six months later, uh, bought a slant nose Porsche and turned everything around. But basically, six months took about six months. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, but that was a little bit of uh, fake it till you make it and the perception versus reality. Because every dollar I took, I was trying to, uh, you know, create a persona or image that um, I was doing better than I was because it's network marketing, right? Isn't that what they teach you? Fake yeah, it till you make yeah. it. But along the, that's the stuff that they teach you. Now, what you learn is you learn a lot about yourself during a time like that, right? So fast forward, I end up a couple years later, um, I sold that downline distributorship and then I got into the car business. I, I actually joined another network marketing company went to recruit a, a friend at the car business, ended up in the car business, uh, ended up going into finance in the car business by the time I was 23 and having my first kid at 23. And that's probably the, the biggest life lesson right there is like you could sleep in your car or in a you know vacant building, but your kid can't. So at the age of 23, um, I put myself through finance school, went through and uh, did finance at the largest car dealership in Washington at the time and did that, um, made really good money. I mean, made for 23, 24 year old, I was making 250 a year. I thought that was, you know. Yeah, that's beautiful. Especially no education. So you think, all right, this is it. I've reached the pinnacle of success. Fast forward, I'm, you know, 30. I started investing in real estate when I was 24 as well. I bought my first house when I was 23. My mortgage payment, I still remember it to this day, was 24.54. So I had a my I had a kid. My I got married. My uh, wife had two kids from a previous marriage, so it was a family of five of us. So you know, 2,500 dollar month payment. You felt it right away. It was a, oh yeah, you do. So th- I would say that's kind of where you know when you get yourself into pressure situations. Uh, where you have to perform, that's when you figure out what do you have? Do you, do you have what it takes to make it? And some people, you know, I mean, it's not like I, I could call my parents and ask them for my mortgage payment every month. I mean, I had a kid. I had these responsibilities. You have to do it. Yeah, you know, that's huge, I think, for everyone listening, too, is that you were talking about pressure situations, you know, and faking it till you make it. I've always been of the school of thought that, Unless you're uncomfortable, you're never going to grow. 100%. You were saying, you know, by the time you're 24, making 250K a year, a lot of people that I'm sure are listening to the show are maybe making 50K a year. They're in the grind of that daily job and they want to break out of it or they want to improve their situation and think, oh my God, if it, you know, and they're 40 years old, maybe 50 years old, you right. know, or 30, whatever. And the thing, if I could have made 250 a year when I was 24, that's awesome. But, but what are they doing? You know, are they putting themselves in uncomfortable situations so that they grow? Right. Just probably no. Well, so I would have never done that if, uh, if my, if my Patty, my ex at the time wasn't pregnant and had a kid and all this stuff, I wouldn't have pushed myself to go to finance school, buy this house, do this other stuff. Well, that's the pressure. Right. So, because yeah, my income before that was substantially lower, uh, 
you know, it was substantially lower. But anyway, I'm so, not advocating that anybody go out and just have a kid just to put pressure on their life. Wh- whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever. Hey, do it. <laughs> Mine was was my dad dying. You know, it's oh. it's these interesting pressure situations. You know, but I think that anybody could. So you know, I'm going all in with this, right? You know, because everyone out there too, and I'm sure this is a thing that we'll get to in a little bit here because real estate tends to be a side hustle mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Right. And it, in my opinion, it can't be. I think the side hustle phraseology is just a virus that is running rampant through America right now because to me, just by definition, you're not all in with something like that, which means you're not putting pressure on yourself. You're not allowing for that safety net to be taken away to where you have no choice but to succeed. So that's the beautiful thing about real estate, though. If if you want to be a have it be a side hustle, I mean, you're uh, you. There was a guy that came into the dealership when I was doing finance, and he was maybe maybe forty years old, and uh, he was financing a car, and he um, he was he was retired. Anyways, he had ten grand a month coming in, so I was like, wow, you know, thirty eight, thirty nine, forty, whatever. He was young. And I was thinking, uh, wow, you've retired. And he was like, yeah, basically he had this, you know, let's say he worked at Microsoft. It wasn't Microsoft, but he worked at a job in the Northwest. And he started buying real estate when he was 23. So he bought like 10 houses, financed them, paid them off. That was his retirement. To me, that's kind of like a side hustle. Most people aren't disciplined enough to do that. I'm more like what you said. I'm like, if I'm not all in, then it's not going to work. Yeah, I've never yeah. been one of those guys... Uh, that's been able to give somebody money. They invest it and make me money. All that stuff doesn't, none of it works. If I'm not committed to it and behind it, I always lose. But there, with real estate, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you could get a mortgage, you could do some stuff. Maybe it's not a side hustle, but it is a long-term play. And that's the only way that I could see something like that working, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's, of course, there's always exceptions to the rule that exists, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then there's all these guys that, hey, give me the money, let me invest it for you. I don't know, I just see, think of that Bernie Madoff and all this other stuff. Yeah. I just don't want to work hard for my money and give it away. I'd rather manage it, work with it myself, and be able to go and see that tangible asset in person. So that's why real estate, which, which, so... Comfort zone. Let's talk about it real quick. I'll 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 get to car business. What I did it for till I was thirty, and I I hated it. I became like those of you that are in the car business. I know it's good money, but what happens is it's it's a lot of very talented people. Maybe not always the best education. We were probably you know, but a lot of anyways. Um, we put limited. We put. Uh, ceilings on our beliefs yeah i sit a lot of times with uh car guys and the only reason i'm talking about car guys is it's i'm going to talk about people that i could relate to so if it if you're in a profession you're listening to this and you could relate to it i'm just giving the car guy right so um analogy but it was my life for my 20s and so what happened is i was investing in these um i would do contests with uh Reggie Brown is his name. Good guy. I learned a lot of real estate from him. Anyways, he uh, told me um, about this wholesale account executive position where I didn't have to deal with the public necessarily, but I got to deal with um, brokers, people trying to place loans. Yeah. It's, you're kind of a middleman. And I heard of this and I was like, God, it's basically what I do at the car business, but I have to deal with the, you know, this end user sometimes and you know i don't want to be a 
mortgage broker. I didn't want to at the time. So I was just like, gosh, this is a perfect way in. And I could, you know, I could learn this. As soon as I heard it, I wanted to do it. Even if it made, uh, meant me making a lot less than working at the car business in the car industry. So long and short of it, I, uh, interviewed for a job, got it at Washington Mutual, um, put in my notice that gave, gave the owner, and if he's listening to this, hi, Steve, um, <laughs> you could, you could call me anytime and thank me for my eight years that I put in there. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh put in my notice, trained that person, gave him three months. I mean, three months is a pretty, he, he never thanked me once. I put, I, I worked there eight years, not bitter about it, but just kind of tacky. So I, people would say, God, you're going to quit this $250,000 a year job. I mean, what if you only make 30 grand a year? I was like, well, we'll see what I, if I have it. And, uh, uh you know, I kind of, I believed in myself enough, but everybody thought like, oh my God, you're one of the highest, this largest car dealership in the state. You're making more than everybody else. Um, for the most part, there's a couple of us finance guys that made really good money and you're quitting, you know, for a maybe. And people, one guy literally said that was in the mortgage business to me, get ready to be, to make 36 grand a year. So you got all these people naysayers, right? And I was like, I don't care. I just want to be happy. Like I'll figure out how there's more money in the, than yeah, that. Cause yeah. I'm talking to these people, but so I quit and, uh, I end up, my first month did pretty good. My second month, I made no money. People were laughing. But I knew, like, if you know and you believe in yourself, I was like, whatever, I'm building my pipeline, right? Third month, I made, like, 30 grand. And from there, it turned into a very, like, dwarfed the car business, right? So we all, and then eventually what happened is I went back to the car business and got all my friends that were scared to leave, all of them. All my good friends, I recruited, trained, got yeah, them jobs. yeah. And that was cool. And uh, that's that lack of safety net again, you know. And it, you mentioned something about the naysayers too. You know, do you find that you have those kind of running rampant in your life here and there? No, no not at all. I think once you're once, so a couple things happen. I think you do, and absolutely back then. But now those when I, you started, oh, a hundred percent, absolutely. Once you're above, I would say you're getting off the tarmac, right? Yeah. Um, once you you're in the air. No, no one's going to, I mean, you, you, you have it and people know it, right? So you're either an influence at that point or influenced and you, people know the difference. So the breakout mode is when they really start to bubble up everywhere. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah, you, whether you exude it, radiate confidence that your energy, your swagger, you could call it whatever you want or, uh, um, but people feel it. Right. So I think, and, and I'm not, now I kind of sound weird saying all that, but uh, I'm not trying to sit there and pump myself up. I'm talking about people in general uh, when they get to a certain spot. No, you're right. And then it's almost, it's undeniable at a certain point. Right. You know, but anytime you try to branch into something new, probably anytime you might even go after a new business, you might have those individuals in your life that'll come up and say, oh, you know what? We're going to get the money to do that. Right. Or how are you possibly going to succeed at that? You've never been involved in that industry before. How could you go that way? Right. You know, but there's this thing that's naturally inside of us. But I, I think that's inside a lot. I mean, this country was built on small business. Right. Right. On entrepreneurs. And if we didn't have them 
to, to be able to break out. And there's a, a lot of them that are in that day-to-day job, that nine-to-five job, Monday through Friday right now, that have that feeling of fear that isn't necessarily their own, but it's being pushed in from everybody else. So you know what? I don't think you could do that. You know, you've got a nice spot right here. You're making 250K a year as a finance guy in the car business. Why would you want to change? Yeah, so you're 100% right. The thing is, is there's uh, we're conditioned, really. I mean, you look at the people, like you said, that come from other countries. There's a guy I think of instantly that came over, ended up getting a gas station. Now he has 900. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the limited limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves that's our our biggest i mean more so than what other people say i mean that kind of sucks hearing people say negative stuff but you have to you have to retrain your brain you have to embed good information in it if you're going to get good out of it it's not just going to happen you have to invest that time in it. you know go invest it in netflix or invest it in a book and educate yourself okay i'm a i'm a I was going to swear I did not. I'm a, I'm not a good reader. I'm not a good reader. It was, it's, um, I did write a book, truth or comfort, which we could talk about another time, but it took me three years to come up with and write. And then I had to have so much help cleaning it up. But anyways, uh, the, the thing is, is, uh, the information that we do put in our brain is so powerful. We could re, we're a creature that we could, we could recreate ourselves whenever we want and become t- a totally different That's person. That's huge. Yes. Whenever. Yeah, absolutely. That's why um, I like smoothies and I like commercial real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I, Two totally yeah. different things. And I'm thinking yeah. about breakdancing. So just so we know. We were talking, so, yeah. yeah. That, well, the, the, the deal on that was only if you did it for the full 30 minutes while we were talking. So <laughs> yeah. I think we're already past that. But Dang it. I know, right? <laughs> That's... That's such a perfect example, though. I mean, why would you, if you see an opportunity in something you like, I mean, you like smoothies, right? Why did you, do, you've been in commercial real estate for a long time now. Right. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose to say, hey, you know, I'm going to branch out. I'm going to get in the smoothie business. So when I was working at Washington Mutual, <clears throat> I had, uh, it's a long story, so I'll just give you the Reader's Digest version. We, we, uh, we ended up with some downtime when subprime was kind of getting looked at bad where they basically paid us some of us guarantees not to produce anything mm, wow it was a great time anyways yeah. <laughs> um it actually it was horrible time because you if you're used to working and they're saying we're going to pay you not to work it's it's just counterintuitive yeah. so what i did is i ended up being the first franchisee of emerald city smoothie and it ultimately worked in worked my way into become the sales person during that time and uh it's amazing how things work so which brings me to my next kind of chapter if you will um washington mutual goes under i was selling smoothie franchises in the bottom of the market in 2008 let me just tell you how many people were buying franchises the people with money weren't but letting go of the purse strings right and if you wanted if you wanted to do a business banks weren't lending it yeah. So it was yeah. a very difficult time. And I was in Connecticut and I was selling a franchise. Um and they did buy and they're still they're still around. Uh great great kid. He was actually a 17-year-old kid. Huh. Another story another time. Uh no limiting beliefs. Surrounded himself with very successful uh business people and was groomed 
from them. Anyways, very good kid. He sold that business and now is doing bigger, better, better things. Although he should have kept them and did a diversified, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Squirrel. yeah, I did, Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to let go of this. I want people to do Emerald city. Smoothie, yeah. So, um, anyways, I was on my way back and I was in, uh, New York and I called a friend that I heard was doing pretty good. I don't know what pretty good is. So, you know, you pretty good. Yeah. You know, Mike's doing pretty good. So anyways, I called him. I was on my way. He didn't call me back till I was on my way to the airport. And he said, no, 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 come back. Just come hang out. I'll get you a car. So I end up going back to the, it was the empire state building. And I was like, he was, I said, I got my luggage anyways, long and short of it. Uh, he was crushing it. And he said, Hey, you know, why don't you take a look around and see if you can find an opportunity here? And I was, so I, I came back the following week and we ended up, um, doing some finance stuff and that took off. And anyways, it, 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 it did well enough during the downtime that I started investing a lot of real, uh, more into like the Detroit area. That's where I started at the bottom. So we were, we were, there's a couple things there. Um, instead of making my mortgage payment, I would just take that money and I would buy a house every month in Detroit. That was the model. And uh, as business picked up, we kept buying more and more. And then at some point, uh, we decided to diversify and go to to uh, Phoenix, the Phoenix market or Scottsdale. So I ended up long and short of it selling, but uh, we started doing residential. Then we got into commercial and um, we've been doing commercial now for about seven years and we've done everything from a lot of office, co-working space, uh, executive suites, uh, retail, industrial. Um, so new, new construction, you name it. So what happened though, during that whole thing is people started seeing our success and they would say, Hey, how do I get started in real estate? So what we would do is we'd sit with them and do a brain massive brain dump, right? So there's probably there's these workshops that people go to, right? And and we do them too, but it's a brain dump is what it is. Like here's all of our information in three days. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some people want continued education. So what? But what we learned was that that's hard. It's hard for people to take action off all that information. So what we did learn is if I said, hey, first week, I want you to go get an LLC. I want you to attend a you know, real estate investing meeting. That's all you have to do week one. But you have to do this, these two things. So week two, we have another meeting. Now I'm getting you to do something else. Week three, by week four, you're putting in offers on real estate. Five, maybe you're, you yeah, know. Yeah, now it's a program rather than just a brain dump. Yeah. So, well, now it's a, it's. A, bite-sized pieces yeah. structure which absolutely you you need uh in business but these uh these things by making it bite-sized make it manageable and not overwhelming so if you go back to mindset people get overwhelmed and shut down so making it to where they're not looking beyond that next week they just know that this is all they have to do pretty yeah. soon yeah and you'll see what happens what happens is people do freeze up at some point when you find out like do they really do you really want to own real estate or do you want to say you're you're you want to do it right there's a difference and and i say that that's a gut check with people 
because I'll, we'll have people that say, yeah, I put a hundred offers in on real estate and I didn't get it. Well, you don't want it. Sorry. Yeah. It, it, there's just no physical, there's no way possible for you to put a hundred, unless you're just half-assing it. That's exactly it. Yeah. If, if you want it, you could get it. Period. The end. So it's just a matter of putting your mind to it and making it happen. Well, so that's it all in. They're not, they're just, a, hey, let's see how this goes. Yeah. No, there's yeah. no just seeing how it goes. It's either going to go or I'm just not even going to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So back to what you were saying earlier, and that all ties in together. It is one of those things, and that's life in general, right? It is. You, yeah. There's something you said too that I wrote down here. You said surround yourself with successful people. I've been telling people that for so many years now. Because when you start out and you break out into business, you have all these amazing ideas. You said once you once you're finally off the tarmac and you're in the air, nobody questions you at that point. But before then, who are you surrounding yourselves with? You know, the, there was a a year that I had. Everyone talks about resolutions, you know, and all this. I think resolutions are a crock. Uh-huh, you know, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Because it, I'd rather have someone set milestones rather than a resolution. Because a resolution, you can just jump off and say, oh, okay, well, it wasn't going to work out anyways after two weeks, which is the stat, right? Right. When everybody says, you know what, it's just not going to work out for me. That's okay. Well, why not do a milestone instead? Because if you have a milestone, say, even if it's April 1st, you know, the end of quarter one going into quarter two, by April 1st, I will lose 20 pounds. You know what? If you screw up the first two weeks of the year, who cares? You can now just accelerate your plan because your milestone didn't change. Right. It wasn't a resolution at that point. You know, but surrounding yourself with successful people and people that have that mindset, the milestone mentality, is something that everybody needs in order to break out of the normal day-to-day junk that they're in. Right. A hundred percent. And you may not have, or the whoever's listening, you may not have like a, a group of people like that, but you got to find somebody and you... you you probably need to ditch a couple people That's around it. you. Get rid of the toxicity. Yeah. I I think when you go through a journey like that, you have a tendency to um, go within anyway. So you you probably ditch a lot of those people just just because you end up They'll doing it. They'll even self-select like, yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Once it... I always say misery loves company. I know it's a horrible thing to say. I, I There's positive, more positive ways to say it, but there's... Uh, it's, the reality is uh, you'll just cut people like that out. You just don't want them in your life anymore. Um, and I, it, it could be even be family members. It you can know? be. That's one of the worst for naysayers. Right. Because they, they know you the best, or at least they think that you do, and they feel that you're always this person, you know, the, the brother, the sister, whatever. And that's who you always should be forever. Right. Because that's who they grew up with. Right. So if you start to – we were just having this conversation a little bit um, beforehand, and – if you have somebody in your family that is just saying, oh, I'm just in the daily grind, the day to day. So why should you succeed more than me? You know, we grew up together in the same house. What, why should you be any different than I am? Well, because I choose to go after things. Right. And I choose to, to break the mold. I choose to, to make a life for myself rather than just a job. Right. So there's probably that. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that get jealous. Jealous insecure yeah Yeah. well well, it comes from insecurity right so they get jealous to see other people succeed um i I don't i don't know and i cannot recall ever being that way but even if i was i mean it's been so long i had to have been young when i used to think like that but the the thing is is when i see people succeed it is the coolest thing 
I've been that way for a long time. I just don't ever, but I think like, how, how is that? Why would I always be like, Oh my God, this guy's crushing it. It's so awesome. Or how do I get some of that? It's inspirational to (laughs) me knowing, okay, that person just, I know that person and they did it. What makes them better than me? Yeah. I need to be doing that too. Like that's inspirational to me. Like they did it. Okay. The ceiling just got lifted. There's no other way to look at it because if you're hating on that person or jealous, that's toxic and you will never, ever grow. You will never reach the success that you need to. Now, when the people do naysay you, I have always said, there's no revenge like massive success. (laughs) That's great. So so being able to um, take that and use it as your fuel, that's exactly what I would say people should do. I... um, my dad has a pretty good story on this one. So my dad was that typical, you know, worked at Pat Car Kenworth 40, yeah, 43 yeah. years, only job, you know, uh, your typical, you know, your the American, the way that we were supposed to do it, right? The way that the American dream job, like you work there, get a good degree, go to work somewhere and retire with the, pension. Yeah. 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 And he, he did it. But um, he didn't have an education when he first started there. So what happened was he, uh, this this manager was he worked in the in the plant. So this manager was a jerk to him, and he said, every like I hated this guy, and I swore like I'm gonna become that guy's boss, and then I'm gonna fire him. So he went to night school, and he became that guy's boss. <laughs> it took him like. Uh, you know, four years or whatever, because, yeah. you know, family of five, he's, he, you know, he's the only source of income. Well, sure, but that was his milestone. I'm that, going to achieve this. Yeah. If, if that's what it takes for you to be successful and for you to accomplish a goal to be successful, so be it. So here's, here's kind of the cool part on this story. So he goes in, calls the guy in after he's his boss. So what do you think he does? Anybody? <laughs> Sit on the edge of my seat, though, man. No, yeah. no. Promote him. No, the guy's a horrible freaking person. Yes. <laughs> um, he he did call him in and told him, like, hey, I want you to know, like, you're a jerk. And uh, he ended up thanking him because that's where that's why he became his boss, because he was such a jerk. He used that as, you know, basically as fuel to be, yeah, become successful. His, yeah. So, um, yeah, he he didn't fire him. You know, but uh, what's, you know, I think that's kind of cool to end up thanking him, but you have to shift your mindset at some point and be able to manage up people too. So that's what he did. But anyways, it's that's it's, such a cool transition, man, because when you when you do achieve success, you're right, because I was thinking when you were saying, you know, you never recollect being that way. Right. And thinking that that you're jealous of the person who is achieving success right now. Right. But even when you get to that point of success, you know, whatever measurement that may be in whoever's life, you look back and it's like, oh, now I want to help everybody else get here. You know, because it took me a lot of hard work. And if I can shorten the journey for somebody else, that makes it even more worth it for me now at this point. Right. Yeah. So it, Which is what you're doing with your trainings now. Y- yeah. If it's we can. awesome. Th- thank you. Yeah. We, we love the fact we're trying to switch the industry as far as the real estate education piece. And so, um, one, I think that what sets us apart a little bit is that we actually do the real estate investing. Um, yeah, you're teaching what you do rather than some thought process you came up with or that we used to do. 
Um, yeah. it, there's a lot of uh, people out there. And what, when we started the company, uh, we ended up going out and meeting with several, and I'm not going to call them out, but several gurus, if you will. And once you sit down, you're like, man, uh, <laughs> I know more than this person, so this isn't going to work. Because we were looking for a head of the company, right? So it's Real Estate Knowledge Institute. It's not John Troutman or, you know, so it's it, – or Julie, it was, it's based on a, uh, we want people to think about it as a university when we first started it. And so now like you have educators here in the building, um, that work with us that specialize that are way better than me at whatever, what they do. Like I might be very good at my specific thing, but they're excellent at what they do. So why not have all these experts come in and be our educators, uh, in specific niches, if you will niche if i'm correct <laughs> i just don't like the word but um so that's what we've done and so that's why we're here and re- doing all the recording of uh all the virtual uh content that we're, we have and we literally have about a year's worth of recording so we're here all oh, month, that's great uh, yeah all all this month most of next month every every week we could book in and we have uh our number one educator who we start with is a gentleman jim madrid and he is all about mindset. It's how we start huh. all the education because it's it's all about what's the six inches between your ears. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, if that's not right, you you. <laughs> It, your head's just got to be right. No, you're right on, man. And we have covered a gamut of stuff today. I love it. You know, just in transit. I love that. That's the whole point of the show, man. It's just to, to go with the flow. Yeah. And it's a, is there any, is there anything that you can think of? I mean, the, we always have the one thing that our listeners can take away from this episode. You know, it can come from the conversation. What do you have? The one thing that you would want somebody to just grab onto from this episode today? Yeah, I, I would if I was, um, if I was to say, like, just grabbing on to what we talked about was uh, just uh, try to find, you gotta, you gotta, you, you have to know that your situation that you're in is not where you have to be. It's just where you're at right now. You could change that tomorrow, but you gotta take action. You gotta get your head right. You gotta get uh, who you surround yourself with right. You gotta get good information in your brain. I always say, and you gotta be eating right. You gotta take care of yourself. like. So I'll just leave it at this. Good food in the body, good information in the brain equals great wealth in the wallet. How about that? Love it. That's beautiful. That's awesome, man. Hey, where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram at John Troutman. It's John underscore Troutman. Real Estate Knowledge Institute. Uh, uh, Riki is our name. So uh, you can find me on Facebook, too. I don't have a Twitter, but uh, I think I might actually. I don't know. But uh, I don't, I'm not using it, but I am on Instagram and we're uh, getting all that stuff set up. So anyways, uh, yeah, ping me or however that works. I'm new at all this stuff. <laughs> I love it, man. Thanks so much for being here today. Yeah. This was fantastic. Th- thank you for having me on. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening.
I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.